Welcome to this episode of the National Police Association podcast, shootings, car chases, and battery on officers. From Idaho Falls, Idaho, Channel 6 reports Idaho Falls police officers arrested Savannah Finn for battery on a police officer and other offenses stemming from a call for service involving a disturbance and minor damage vehicle accident. Idaho Falls police officers responded to a report that two vehicles had been involved in a minor accident in the drive through line at Jack in the Box on Woodruff Avenue, according to the caller. The driver of one of the vehicles had caused a disturbance inside the restaurant before getting into her vehicle. When the first Idaho Falls police officer arrived, he made contact with the drivers of both vehicles and identified one as Savannah Finn, a 34-year-old Idaho Falls resident. Finn was confrontational, refused to cooperate with the officer and ignored instruction when told that she could not leave the scene of the accident until the investigation had concluded. Finn was told that if she left she would be charged with resisting and obstructing, and she still left the scene. While the officer had cause to physically detain Finn at that time, Finn was carrying a small child and the officer did not want to risk injury to the child. Finn left her vehicle on scene and the officer observed Finn walk through the parking lot and enter the Smith's grocery store. According to witnesses, Finn had been involved in a disturbance inside Jack in the Box before exiting and getting in her vehicle. While inside Jack in the Box, employees became concerned that Finn may have been drinking and was not safe to drive. Out of concern for the child, employees attempted to prevent Finn from leaving. Finn hit one of the employees before going outside and the employees called police. Outside, Finn got into her vehicle and reportedly struck another vehicle, first accidentally and then again after being confronted by the vehicle owner. Finn was exiting her vehicle and attempting to leave on foot when officers arrived. Both the jack-in-the-box employee and the vehicle owner involved in the minor accident chose not to press charges. An additional officer arrived on scene and entered Smith's to locate Finn. However, Finn had exited the store through a back door, setting off an alarm in the process. Officers went to Finn's residence to locate her. When Finn answered the door, an officer told her why he was there and attempted to detain her. Finn refused to comply and fought with the officer, repeatedly kicking the officer until she was successfully placed in handcuffs. Finn was placed in a patrol vehicle for transport where she repeatedly kicked the windows of the patrol vehicle. Officers also took efforts to ensure the well-being of the child that had been with Finn at the original scene. Because she had been involved in a vehicle accident, officers took Finn to Eastern Idaho Regional Medical Center for medial jail clearance, while at Area MC, Finn repeatedly yelled and swore disturbing patients and staff. Officers then transported Finn to the Bonneville County Jail. On the way to the jail, Finn made a concerted effort to kick out the windows of the patrol vehicle. Officers had to stop the vehicle and further restrain Finn by placing her legs in hobbles to prevent her from injuring herself or damaging the vehicle. While officers were attempting to restrain her, Finn grabbed hold of one of the officer's hands and attempted to break his fingers. The officer was able to prevent her from doing so, and she was taken to jail without further incident. Savannah Finn, a 34-year-old Idaho Falls resident, was arrested for resisting and obstructing an investigation, disturbing the peace, and felony battery on an officer. From San Jose, California, the Mercury News reports a man shot and killed by a San Jose police sergeant has been identified by the Santa Clara County Medical Examiner Coroner's Office as Andrew Joseph Roberts, 29, of Aptos. 
Sergeant Lee Tassio opened fire when Roberts lunged for his service weapon, according to Chief Eddie Garcia, at the time, a second officer was struggling with Roberts, who had a pistol in his hand. It's an absolute tragedy, Garcia said at a news conference Tuesday, my heart goes out, to his father, who was there, but this individual was not going to give up, this individual was armed, once again, with a firearm with an extended magazine, with a round in the chamber. Officers had been tracking Roberts, a felon with multiple gun convictions, since an October traffic stop near Stevens Creek Boulevard and Monroe Street, according to Garcia, Roberts handed his license to officers but then backed his car into a police vehicle and drove away. Instead of giving chase, officers opened an investigation and began conducting surveillance on Roberts. The effort culminated in a second traffic stop on southbound Highway 85 north of Saratoga Avenue in November. An officer ordered Roberts to get out of the Lexus SUV, but he remained in the front passenger seat, according to Garcia. At one point, Roberts' father, who was driving the vehicle, reached across his son and opened the passenger door. That's when an officer tried to pull Roberts out. The suspect pulled a gun from his waistband and raised it in the direction of the officer. That officer grabbed the suspect's right hand and felt the gun as it was being raised toward him and a struggle began, Garcia said at the news conference. The officer pinned the suspect's arm pushing it away from him to prevent him from being shot. Tassio came over to help the officer and used his taser on Roberts, but it had no effect. Roberts then reached for Tassio's gun and Tassio fired a single shot, according to Garcia. Roberts was pronounced dead at the scene. Tassio was placed on paid administrative leave, and San Jose Police and the Santa Clara County District Attorney's Office opened an investigation, routine procedure after an officer-involved shooting in the county. The probe will be monitored by the Police Internal Affairs Unit, the City Attorney's Office and the City's Independent Police Auditor. From Santa Barbara, the news press reports. The Santa Barbara County District Attorney has concluded that the 2018 officer-involved shooting that resulted in the death of Santa Maria resident Alejandro Valdez was a justifiable homicide. The District Attorney's report comes almost two years after the shooting. Olympia Leon had called the police but before a translator came on the call to clarify why Ams, Leon called, her son, Mr. Valdez, told the dispatcher that he had knives in his hands, on his ankle and on his chest, the dispatcher talked with Mr. Valdez for more than 30 minutes, during which he refused to identify himself, instead saying that he is the Son of God and that the dispatcher can call him brother. During the call, Mr. Valdez repeatedly said I am ready to die tonight, that he will not be taken prisoner, and I'm dying tonight, Mr. Valdez also told the dispatcher that the dispatcher did not know whose throat I have the knife to right now, it might be my little brother, it might be my older brother. While Mr. Valdez was talking to the dispatcher, his brother Jose Sixto called the police from another phone inside an apartment in the 400 block of Mill Street. I have a big emergency, can you please come, please hurry, because this guy is threatening to kill us, said Mr. Sixto, who told the dispatcher that Mr. Valdez had been drinking but was not under the influence of drugs and did not have any mental health conditions, as Mr. Six to s talking to the dispatcher, he was heard saying, oh blank the dispatcher asked what had occurred, Mr. Sixto does not respond, and the call ends. When officers arrived at the apartment, the plan was to try to talk Mr. Valdez into surrendering, 
a crisis entry team of five officers, who were going to breach the door and enter the residence if need be, set up a perimeter. The team's plan in the case that Mr. Valdez came out on his own was to back up, move out of the center block enclosed courtyard, and allow the team in front of the residence to engage. Mr. Valdez came out of the door, the officers began to back up and move out of the courtyard, but before they could exit, Mr. Valdez entered the courtyard and moved quickly toward the officers with a pair of 8-inch bladed knives raised. Officers yelled commands to drop the knives, which Mr. Valdez did not do. One officer shot Mr. Valdez with a less-than-lethal foam baton launcher whose projectile hit Mr. Valdez in the upper right thigh but without effect. The four officers who were still in the courtyard then fatally shot Mr. Valdez. Two days after the incident, forensic pathologist Manuel Montez conducted an autopsy. Drive, Montez observed a total of 19 gunshot wounds, to Mr. Valdez's head, torso, neck and extremities with perforations of the brain, lungs, diaphragm, liver, intestines, stomach and pancreas, he also noted four graze wounds located on the jaw, chest and abdomen, drive, Montez observed one less lethal impact weapon injury on Mr. Valdez's right upper thigh. The toxicology report indicated that Mr. Valdez's blood alcohol concentration was almost twice the level at which someone is considered legally impaired. From Charlotte, North Carolina, the Associated Press reports that witnesses described chaos outside bars during a fatal shooting that involved two police officers at an entertainment complex in North Carolina's biggest city. The Charlotte-Mecklenburg Police Department said in a news release that two of its officers were working off-duty in uniform in the vicinity of the epicenter complex of bars and restaurants when they responded to a fight involving at least two people. The department described what ensued as an officer-involved shooting that left 33-year-old Trian McCoy dead and another person hospitalized with wounds that were not life-threatening, no officers were injured. The show Odin created chaos and drew multiple officers to the heart of Charlotte's uptown business district as bars were closing witnesses said. Witness Dedrick Gamble said at least one person in the crowd fired a gun, causing police to approach, and then at least one officer fired. When he hit the guy, the police came up behind them and the next thing you know, they was on the ground. Crazy, it's madness down here, Gamble said. Another witness told the station that he saw two fighting men pull out guns and shoot at each other, they'd stumbled, one dude was trying to get the gun off him, kept shooting the gun at the floor, ricocheting, the cops was around the corner, I heard the cops say, drop the gun, but they kept shooting, Jose Rodriguez said. The State Bureau of Investigation has been called in to investigate, it wasn't immediately clear whether the officers fired the shots that hit either person. Charlotte-Mecklenburg Police Captain Brad Koch referred questions about who shot McCoy to the State Bureau of Investigation, the SBI said it was still gathering information and wouldn't have anything to release Friday. The department identified the patrolman involved in the shooting as Officer Kevin Lovell and Officer Shane Matthews, each with around six years on the force, the two are on administrative leave while the investigation proceeds, the both officers are white, while McCoy was black, police said. Department regulations allow officers to work secondary jobs at bars and other establishments while off-duty to earn extra money, though the department hasn't said what business level and Matthews may have been working for at the time, 
Under secondary employment rules, officers are generally required to remain outside establishments serving alcohol and must radio in their location when undertaking an enforcement action. Dozens of evidence markers, including one marking a handgun, were visible behind police tape as investigators combed the scene. Streets around the scene were blocked off for several hours before reopening. This news brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how you can help law enforcement accomplish its goals visit nationalpolice.org.